was awesome, huh? Was that awesome? I uh, really felt like uh, some people probably really got touched during that uh, that uh, worship today. And uh, if that if you've sensed uh, God's presence and God's touching you today, I just want to do do a response. Would you just stand up? Would you just say, "Yes, God touched my heart today. He touched my life today." So how good is Jesus? I mean, how good is Jesus to do that? And uh, there's sometimes there's like an anointing and then there's a corporate anointing where God comes in power and he touches a whole lot of people. Uh, also had a sense that there were, there were people whose bodies were touched. And uh, you, you might not have known that, but I would encourage you before you leave today, would you just check out your body? If you had pain, for instance, in your body, and I'd like you just to check that out before you leave today and let us know. And uh, as we say often here at, at the Upper Room, that uh, Upper Room Worship Center. So who is the center of Upper Room? Jesus is the center of Upper Room. And worship isn't the warm-up to the message. <laughs> it's the, that's, that's not what worship is. Worship is the message. It's the messenger, Jesus, bringing his life to us as we worship him. He is the messenger. He is the one who's worthy of praise. He is the one worthy of all honor. And so, you know, it's, it's not the warm-up. I'll, I'll be speaking about this a little bit, but uh, think about this. Worship is faith set to music. Think about that. How many declarations do we declare today? And if we activate our faith as we're singing the declarations, what we're doing, we're connecting with the Holy Spirit, what He's trying to do in our hearts as we declare, as we worship, then what happens is the kingdom comes into our life. It's a great practice. It's a great practice. So worship is faith set to music. And the way you release faith usually is through speaking. It's how you release faith. It's usually through speaking the words of God. If you say to this mountain, be removed and believe in your heart, this mountain will be removed and put away. And it's the same thing of making positive uh, declarations that Jesus, we're here for you. The language of heaven is worship. Always has been. For eternity, the language of heaven is worship. The language of heaven is worship. Do we want to see heaven, heaven come to earth? Guess what our language has to be? Has to be worship so the kingdom can come, so the king can land on the praise to stew his name and the honor given to his name. And he loves to move. He loves to touch. He loves to heal because when he comes, he brings his nature. He brings his character. He brings who he is. And he is Jesus who is the king of kings and he is the Lord of lords. That's who Jesus is. And so when he comes, he brings his nature. He brings his character he is the Savior. So if you're needing save, saving today, guess what? Jesus wants to show up to be your Savior. If you need deliverance, guess what? Jesus wants to show up and be your deliverer. If you need protection, Jesus wants to show up and be your protector. That's who he is. That's how good he is. He is that good that he wants to be, show up and to be with us and to walk with us and to live with us, even in the midst of our struggles and difficulties and the stuff, the junk in our lives, all that kind of stuff. He's not surprised. And what I'm really encouraged by Jesus recently as I've been meditating through the book of Romans is that the basic foundation faith, the faith that we have, and that's what I'm speaking about today, the faith that we have is that Jesus becomes 
our righteousness. And that our righteousness is a gift that he gives us by faith that we can receive righteousness by faith. What does that mean? That means that we're right with God by faith. What does that mean? We can approach his throne boldly to receive mercy and grace that we have in our time of need. And I've uh, been encouraged also that what I've been trying to meditate upon is how righteous Jesus is and how holy he is. And what I've, I've discovered as I'm meditating on this, what's happening in my own heart is that somehow Jesus is pulling me into his righteousness, was allowing his righteousness to take place in my heart. And uh, it's interesting uh, that the progression of righteousness is really sanctification, whatever you want to call it. But I read a, a, a quote by Jack Taylor recently. He just passed away. But he says he seldom sees people change uh, from difficulties in, in habits and all that stuff in an instance. But what it is is a series of movements when the Lord touches us. Aren't you glad for the series of movements when the Lord touches our lives? And yes, he can. He can deliver people in an instance. I was instantly delivered from being a drug addict instantly delivered, instantly set free, instantly set free from drugs. I've never, uh, I've never uh, taken drugs since to get, get high. I have taken drugs when I had a kidney stone because it was killing me. But anyway, that's what Jesus does. He does that. So what I'm going to talk about, that's basically the message today, is coming back to basics. Uh, I love the series that we had, Worship, Grow, Go. And that really, that is a lifestyle. That's just not messages. It's worship. As we worship, we grow. And as we grow, we go. And then we worship. And as we worship, we grow. It's just this whole thing that happens in our life. So I'm really grateful for that. Uh, I did have, have a break. I got to go to uh, New Mexico and uh, spend our anniversary with all of our children. My, all my boys came with their wives, our two grandkids. And Patty was there. And while Patty was there, she took up a drawing and painting, uh, drawing, so she, we can add the first letter. Patty's, Patty drew that, isn't that awesome? That's our grandkids, that's what grandfathers do, they swing kids. And, you know, when we first started, Miriam said, uh, too high, too high. And then we, when we were getting ready to leave, he said, higher, higher. So that was really a lot of fun. And here's our two grandkids with uh, Patty, and uh, we just had a really great time with them. And they, aren't they cute? Yeah, they are. They're the cutest in the world. But uh, so we had a really great time reconnecting with my son. They're both doing really well. My, my son we stayed with and his wife. And uh, we had a really good time. Uh, I want to show you a picture of a, a guy. I had a God encounter. Patty and I had a, a God encounter uh, the last night of our time in Albuquerque. Uh, we were there. Really, it was kind of like a retreat. You know, Patty and I go out on the front porch <laughs> You know, we'd read our Bibles, we'd look at the mountains, uh, Mount Shasta, and we'd just meditate and read, talk, and all that kind of stuff. So it was really kind of like a retreat. And uh, we, uh, last night we were invited to uh, a meal to be with um, uh, Deborah and Larry Littlebird. And uh, when we got to the meal, it was a really great restaurant. We got to the meal, I sat with the grandkids because I knew that I was leaving soon, so I wanted granddad and grandkids so they sat at a table I was with the kids and we had a really good time and at the end uh, Vanessa my son's wife came over and said Steve you need to go over and hang out with uh, Larry and uh, with Deborah so we went over and sat down with Larry and, and when I sat down I, I looked at him and I said oh my goodness I said there's something in this man 
and I am smart enough, I'm almost 70, but I'm smart enough, I'm smart enough to know that when I sit in the presence of what I felt that I needed for that man to bless me and to bless my, my family. And I didn't know anything about him. I, I, I had, afterwards, I went and did some research, found out who he was. But So we're sitting there and at the very end. I just reached over and I said, uh, Larry, I said, I, I just would like you to bless us, bless Patty and me. And he says, okay, I'll do that. But however, I want to talk to you about something. And, uh, and his wife said, yeah, but uh, they want you to bless him, bless them. He says, no, no, no. He says, I want to talk to them about something. And so we stu stood there with our hands in the middle of the table, and his hand next to mine on one hand, and the other hand was on Deborah's and Patty's hand, and he began to talk to us about the rest that we can find when we hear God's voice on the inside. The rest that we can find when we hear God's voice on the inside and he said that people in every culture are looking for his voice and when they discover his voice they can come into full rest and connection with their creator and so he had a word for me literally it was one word which I'm not going to tell you I'm going to treasure that that's mine you can't have it so he had a word for me and, uh, and then he prayed for us and, 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 our, and as we put my, my son is married to a Navajo girl and so that's my connection, my grandkids, you know, Navajo kids. So he's Pueblo, San Diego, Pueblo. And so um, Deborah says, now, you're supposed to bless them, Larry. He goes, yes, I'll bless them. So anyway, he spoke a prayer over our lives um, in, in Pueblo language. In Pueblo language. And, you know, I, I don't know, you know, like the presence we felt, you felt, I felt that. And not only did I feel it that night, I haven't stopped feeling it because of the, of the presence. Now, I've had battles. I'm not going to lie and tell you it's all been smooth sailing. So anytime you're blessed, there is a little bit of a kickback, so to speak. But he prayed and blessed us. And then he spoke to us about hearing God's voice and entering into his rest and began just to encourage us to follow the Creator and to follow the Holy Spirit, and to follow Jesus. So I walked away from there. Patty and I walked away. And the cool thing, when we walked away uh, from there, we knew that we'd, we'd been blessed, and we knew we were going to have a reconnection with them. We just knew it. And so I went home real quick, got on the computer, Larry Littlebird. Oh, my gosh, that's Larry Littlebird. He's an international traveler. He speaks on Indian activist rights in every nation of the world. He's made films with Robert Redford. His wife is a film filmographer. I'm looking at all this stuff. I said, I well, told Patty, I said, I knew it. I knew something was about those guys. <laughs> so anyway, that is what I just want to encourage you with today, is that if you hear his voice and you discover his voice and really hear his voice, that you can find rest that you can find peace for your soul. And that's kind of what Jesus was trying to do a little bit today, to find rest and silence. You don't find it, folks. You don't find it in the shout. Sometimes you do, but you find it. Find it like Elijah found it when he was tore up and beat up and needed to go into a cave. And then he had a table. Then he was able to go out because what happened? He heard God's voice speak to him again. 
and he went out from that. So that's, that's the message today. Just wanted to encourage you uh, to hook into faith. I've been uh, inspired uh, a little bit this week about getting back to basics, getting back to fundamentals in my own life. I've been trying to really give myself uh, to, the, to the Word of God, to worship. Uh, Hosea talks about breaking up the fallow ground until the Lord comes and rains righteousness upon us. And so that's been kind of my theme of being in New Mexico and the ground is very hard and brittle. And when it rains, sometimes the water just runs off and it, the ground has to be broken up so that the rain can fall into our hearts. And it's really his righteousness that he wants to rain into us. Well, I'm going to talk just for a few minutes about faith. Seriously, it's only going to be a few minutes. I'm going to really zip through some stuff. But I want to encourage you that uh, we've all been given a measure of faith. Every one of us has been given a measure of faith according to Romans 12.3. Now, specifically what Paul's talking about in Romans 12.3 is about spiritual gifting, the gifting that he's given us according to the, uh, his grace and according to the faith that he's placed into our hearts. Now, we have an opportunity when God places faith into our hearts, when he gives us a measure. My, my, my faith might look a, be a lot different than your faith. Uh, your faith may be a lot different than my faith. The, the issue isn't on how much faith each of us has. There's no comparison. There's no competition. We've all got faith. And what God wants us to do in the, with the measure that he's given us, that we serve him through acts of love and kindness to the body of Christ and out to the world. That's how that, those gifts in Romans 12 are supposed to be, be released. But the principle is that he's given us a measure of faith. And you should be grateful for that. If you're a believer today, God has given you a measure of faith to believe. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes will not perish but have everlasting life. The word believe in John 3.16 means to cling to, cling to. Those who believe in Jesus, cling to, rely on, trust in Jesus, would have everlasting life. And so we, for believers today, we have a measure of faith, and through exercise, we can grow our faith as we respond to what has give, given to us. Here's what uh, Hebrews says, and I would encourage you to read Hebrews maybe this week. Here's what God says about faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. What does that mean? And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. That's what it means. That's exactly what it means. That God uh, responds to faith, and it's impossible to please God without faith. And we who come to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. So faith is very important. It's very important. If you read the Old Testament, you, you see uh, God's dealing with Israel and the issues of unbelief and the issues of faith. It's always contrast. It seems like through the whole Old Testament, there's a contrast of those who believe and those who didn't believe and those who please God. And those who pleased God were those who responded to his voice, heard his voice, and his reward, here's his rewards, here's his rewards, some peace. The rewards of seeking him is his, number one, is his presence. 
That's his reward. His presence is the number one reward. As we seek him by faith and worship by faith, as we sing by faith, worship set to, faith set to music, as we respond in faith to what he says, as we declare in faith, as we invite him into our lives by faith and the Holy Spirit to come and fill us by faith, and as we seek him, as we seek him, as we seek him, his first promise is his presence. So if you want his presence, respond in faith. Seek him. Those who seek him, he rewards so the key there is seeking him. Second thing we receive when, when we seek him is peace. We talked a lot about peace today. Is peace. Peace that passes understanding. That's part of the reward. His perspective. Uh, Aaron just spoke about that during the series of being able to see our lives from his perspective, from heaven to earth, instead of just earth to earth. But it's heaven to earth from his perspective. That is a reward, folks. That is a reward. That is a gift to be able to be able to do that. I get in trouble when I don't hang on and lean into his perspective on things. I don't know if you guys ever get in trouble, but I certainly do. Thirdly, third, fourthly is his purposes, his provision, and his reward is his power. And there is something about the power of God that we can receive by faith that what happens is it enables us to be the people that he has created us to be. I I, I know, one big thing, I know I need his power. I need his power to overcome. I need his power to live life. I need his power and presence to be able to seek him. I need his deutimus in my life uh, just to help me maintain sometimes. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Assurance is a confidence in God's ability and power. That's what assurance means. I have confidence in God's ability and power to do something. That's what faith is. I have faith in God's ability and power to do something in our lives and in the lives of other people. It's part of his nature. It's part of his character, part of his love, which Angie talked about, that he will do what he promised to do. Aren't you glad that he does what he promises to do? The, 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 the song we sang today that he is faithful and he is true. That's his nature. That's his character. And uh, assurance is having confidence. Conviction basically just means a firmly held belief. And both are activated by speaking, singing, declaring, and acting on what we believe. Acting on what we believe. Now I would encourage you to read Hebrews 11 uh, uh, when you go home. It's the great hall of fame of faith. 20 times, 20 times in Hebrews 11, the writer says this, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. I'm not going to go to the whole 20, but by faith, by faith, by faith, Joseph worshiped when he was dying and he blessed his children by faith. That's a powerful one. Rahab, Receive mercy. How? By faith. Sarah had the ability to conceive. How? By faith. By faith. By faith. By faith. By faith. 20 times, Hebrews 11. It's no different from them to us. It's by faith that we connect with God and by faith that we follow God. So how does faith come? Faith comes very simply, just what I started out with. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God or concerning Christ. That's how faith comes. 
initial faith came to me when, when I was in the Navy, flipped out, stupid person on drugs, 20 years old, and very insecure, more insecure than I am now, which is quite a deep, deep step there. But anyway, 20, you know, you know, almost 70, so I'm still dealing with some of the same issues. It's ridiculous. Anyway, um, so I'm a flipped out, drug out person, and there's one guy in, in, the, in our, our division, his name was Tim, and Tim would come, and he would speak to us about Jesus. He would wear, like, Jesus hats. You know, he had Jesus patches. He had all that kind of stuff going for him. And he was the only guy in our, our unit that uh, was a believer, I mean, a real believer. And he wasn't ashamed. He was bold and powerful and loved Jesus with everything he had. And he would talk to me. He would talk to me over and over again. I'd listen to him. I'd listen to him. I'd, I said, yeah, man, I went home and read Revelation, you know, and I, I hear that the Antichrist is coming, and, and I understand that the believers by, in that day, they're going to get their heads chopped off. I said, yeah, I, I get that. I understand that. But, man, I'm having too much fun right now. I'll just wait till the Antichrist comes, and I'll, I'll believe in Jesus then and get my head chopped off, and I enter into heaven. Well, it made sense to me. Because I was instantly in heaven and I didn't have to suffer being a believer, which I knew I would have to pay a price for internally. So I thought that was my way out. And suddenly I'm driving in my car, going down through to Pensacola, flipped out drug overdose, driving through a dark cloud, and all of a sudden I looked at the dark cloud as tornadoes that tore up the south, and I'm driving in this dark cloud, and, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit, he didn't tell me about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit begins to speak to me. I was wondering who was speaking to me. He said, this is your life. This cloud you're driving into is your life. It's your life. You're just, you're gonna, you're just coming into darkness. You're just coming into darkness. And then I heard a voice that said, Steve, this is your last chance. Wow. And my life was shattered. And I cried out and I shook, holding on to the steering wheel. And I, I didn't know even how to pray. But I prayed and I prayed one prayer a minute with everything I had. And here was my prayer. God, help me. Amen. And I was saved. Amen. That fast. Jesus came and touched my life that fast. And I knew in an instant that whoever's voice this was had touched my life. And I turned to my friend, I had a druggy friend in my car sitting next to me, and I said to him, I said, hey, Derek, I said, man, I said, I've just decided to follow Jesus. How about you? So I was saved in one instant. The next instant, I was an evangelist. And Derek, and Derek says this, no, man, I'm not ready yet. My, you know, our cousin just came to Jesus, and I'm just not ready yet. I said, that's cool. And then the enemy came in and messed with me, and I met a man on the flight deck named Jimmy. And uh, I talked to him a little bit. I'm not going to tell the story. And he pulled out his Gideon Bible, his Gideon Bible out of his pocket, and he knelt down with me on the flight line. You know, Greg understands that. You don't do stuff like that on the flight line. <laughs> So anyway, he's down there, and he pulls up, opens his Bible, and he said this. Here's, here, here's what I want you to hear, Steve. It's John 3, 16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that if you believe, you will not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn you, but he sent his son that you might be saved. 
And so that night, he said, why don't you come over to my house that night? So I, I said, yes, definitely. I went over to his house. And Jimmy said, you were the easiest guy he ever led to the Lord <laughs> in, in his ever life. You remember Tim? Tim came to my baptism. This is going to encourage you. He came to my baptism. And so they asked me, they said, what do you want to say, Steve? And I'm, I'm there, you know, in the, in the water. And says, what do you want to say? And I just says, I just love Jesus. And I went down in the water. So anyway, Tim came up to me after my baptism, and he said, Steve, never in a thousand years would I have thought that you would meet Jesus. Wow. Never in a thousand years. Aren't you glad for someone who lives over a thousand years, his name is Jesus. So, so how does faith come? It comes by hearing, and hearing the word concerning someone, his name is Jesus. That's how faith comes. Guess how faith comes to you and me every time? Through Jesus. It's always through Jesus. It's always through Jesus. It's never not through Jesus. Amen. It's always through his blood. It's always through his blood. It's always through his person. It's always through his character. It's always how the word comes. Remember, remember Larry Littleberg, when you hear his what? Voice. So that's how faith comes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And, and I have about 36 different translations in this little little thing here. And I would encourage you, if, you want, if you're lacking in faith, get in the Word. If you're lacking in faith, especially read the Gospels. Look at Jesus' nature. Look at His character. Look what He does. Because faith comes from hearing. Think about it, folks. People, that when Jesus was there, He'd be walking by, and, and Scripture would say, say this over and over again in, in the Gospels, when they heard that Jesus was passing by. They heard something about Jesus. The woman with, who pushed through the crowd heard that Jesus was there. And they responded by the, with their faith to, to do certain things. The blind man said, Son of David, have mercy on me, when he heard about Jesus. And he received his sight. So it's the same thing for us. Faith, on the other hand, does not come by introspec introspection, perpetual, examination of our spiritual pulse, constant taking notice of heartbeats tends to produce disorders of the heart. Amen. Not through introspection. Faith doesn't come that way. And I, I'm from an introvert. You know, like right now I'm extrovert, but I'm an introvert extrovert. And so it takes a lot of energy to suck up before I can get up here. But anyway, the, the whole thing about an introvert is that we, we, those who are truly introverts live here. We live in the brain. We live in all these different things. And if we constantly introspect, we, we weigh our motives. Oh, did I say the right thing? Did I not do the right? You know, this whole jumble of stuff. Guess what that is? That's a faith robber introspection, perpetually looking at how you are even spiritually and how you do and all that kind of stuff, the ins and outs of rejection and all that crazy stuff, performance-based, performance-based, a worker who works all the time, self-absorbed, reliving, reliving rejection, regrets, would-haves and could-haves and all that kind of stuff. Anybody identify with that? That's what, that's a faith robber. I'm going to tell a little story, and I'm really glad Steve Justice is here. i got to really wrap it up. But uh, uh, I went to do uh, a, a, 
to speak at this certain situation. And I went, and I really thought I was prepared. I was all ready and everything like that. And when I stood up to do what I needed to do, I had a panic attack. Those were really fun, <laughs> especially to a public speaker. So anyway, I stood up, and I had this, it wasn't a big one. It was, I pushed through, and I got through what I wanted to do. But at the end, the introspection started, and then when the introspection started, the enemy started, and by the time I got home, I was convinced I had totally bombed, that everybody was mad at me, that I did a trash job, and all these rough guys, I mean, had tattoos everywhere and all this kind of stuff. It was one of those really tough environments, and I, I was convinced that I had totally blown it in a situation where I desperately did not want to blow it. So I was already introspecting. And so I went upstairs, and I said, I'm going to go out. I already talked to Patty about it. She said, no, 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 Patty, you did okay. You did all right. Oh, I said, I don't believe you. So I went upstairs, came back down, and when I came back down, uh, I, I looked at my tire, and here's my first thought. They knifed my tire. So I pulled the tire off, got my pliers, pulled it out, and pulled out the knife. They had knifed my tire. These rough guys purposely knifed my tire. So guess what happened then? Guess where my spiral went? It didn't go up. It went down. I said, yeah, they hate me so much from what I said that they knifed my tire to get back at me because I bombed the whole deal. How's that for being a worm? Anybody ever go there besides me? I'm just... You know, if you're not, well, then you can pray for me, and you know, but I feel like we all get there maybe not that big. So anyway, I, I said, well, what can I do to begin to pull myself out of this? Uh, Patty says, the reason why they knifed your tires is because you talked about Jesus constantly. Yeah. You know, and so I said, well, I, I may be true, but that's not where my emotions are. So anyway, what happened was I, came, I went home and I said, I'm just, I just knew what to do because I've, I've done this before. I'm just going to get into the Word. I'm going to worship like crazy. When I wake up in the morning, Alexa play upper room radio. I'm just going to saturate myself. I'm going to saturate myself, and I'm going to go to church. I don't want to come to church. It happened on a Saturday, Sunday. I don't want to come to church. So I'm standing over there, and Steve Justice goes in to get a bottle of water. He comes out. He goes, what's wrong with you, man? <laughs> <laughs> so I think I gave you a nutshell and uh, Steve prayed for me and guess what began to lift off my life and let me just encourage you if you're an introvert become an extrovert and find a friend because we need friends to lift it off of you and I'm a different person I was after Steve prayed for me so, so how does faith grow let me just wrap this up Faith grows by being occupied with what God is and being occupied with what he said. J. Oswald Sanders, that's what he says. Faith grows by being occupied with what God is and being occupied with what he has said. F.F. F. Bosworth said this, I am moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I am moved by what I believe. Moved by what we believe. Not moved by what I see. Not moved by what I feel. I am moved by what I believe. Uh, the second way that I dug myself out of that situation, that was one of the many situations I've had to dig myself out, it dawned on me 
and I, and I, I couldn't believe it. I, I made this, this, this amazing discovery. I asked myself this question. In whom am I not believing in this present situation? And somehow that began to pull me out. Well, who am, I, who am I saying I'm not believing in? Well, you're a follower of Jesus, so you're saying basically, Jesus can't pull you out. <laughs> the God can't pull you out. And then I began to go, oh, his promises are true. Oh, they're yes and amen. And so that's how I began to pull myself out by saying, in whom am I not believing in this present moment? I would encourage you to put it in your arsenal. I'd encourage you to ask yourself that question in whatever situation you find yourself to say, hey, G hey Steve, hey, Sue, or not sorry, Sue, uh, <laughs> hey, Patty, in whom am I not believing? That, that's a reality wake-up check right there because it's a ridiculous thought. Because we say that we worship and we believe in the Creator. So here's the basic, basic deal, is that we need to put our faith in the facts. We need to remove faith, not in the feelings. We need just to move, our, move ourselves away from uh, the feelings that we have sometimes. And not all the times. I mean, like today, we felt God's presence. That's a good feeling. Well, I'm talking about feelings that are against faith. And uh, guess what? Uh, your feelings can, can be moved by the weather. Your feelings can be moved by your liver. I'm serious. Your feelings, your feelings can be up one minute and down the next minute. You can be a spiritual yo-yo. And God doesn't want us to be spiritual yo-yos. He wants us to shift that unbelief into faith and the facts. And guess what his facts are? It's in the Word, his Bible. What he says in his word, those are the facts that we should believe. So we walk by faith and we walk not by sight. So I'm not going to go into all of the reasons. There's too many how we can build an exercise of faith. Maybe that's another time. But there's two that I want to encourage you. Three I want to encourage you with uh, is this. Number one is position yourself to draw near to him. It's how you grow faith. Position yourself. That means you have to make a choice to position yourself to draw near to Jesus. Doesn't matter how you do it. When I was in uh, uh, Birmingham, I was, I was walking up the hill of life. The hill of life is like a 17-degree hill. And I would go out for 45 minutes, my headphones on, positioning myself to listen to worship, to pray, and to position myself to be with God. So that was how I did it that one time. Sometimes I come here and I worship and I pray. Sometimes yeah, I'll go for a walk at Hills and Dells. That's where I'll worship and pray. I find a place that, where I can sense God's presence and I go there. And it'll be different for everybody. So position yourself. Number two is to tell your story. I told you my story. I hope that encouraged you telling you some, some stories today to be able to say, this is how I overcame. The big piece you, they don't want you to miss was Steve Justice. That was the biggest piece. Why? Because it's a relationship. That's why I was trust him. You know what my first thought was uh, when after he prayed for me, which I knew was a lie? See, Steve knew you were really weird. And I said, that's a lie. He knows me. I know him. So I was able to walk away. But tell your story. In the series that we had, we just came out of on the go, on go part of the series, I think it was 
four times different speakers said, tell your story, tell your story, tell your story. Which leads me into a segue of Emily. Emily is creating a tell your story uh, spot at the, at the information area. And I would encourage you to get a sheet of paper tell, she tells you how to do it. And what she's going to do is put positive stories of people in the upper room so that your story can be heard. Secondly, I started a new website called lovedyouare.org. Lovedyouare.org. And on the website, primarily, I have videos of people telling their story how they met Jesus. And when we love on people, we have some cards out there, when we love on people, you just give them this card that says, you are loved. Then on the back, what I do is when I talk to people, I said, I just want to leave this with you to let you know that you, uh, from our conversation today, that you are loved. And uh, what I want you to do, that when, when you take this and when you go home, put it somewhere so you can see it, that you are loved. And if you ever forget that you are loved, would you turn the card over? And people go, yeah, sure. On the back it says, you are loved, loved you are, it's true had a lady in England, she kept it on her mirror for over a year. And when I returned the next year, she says, I still have your card. I still have your card. So that's a tool for us at the upper room. And then at the back of, of the upper room, uh, the page, it says, uh, loved you, our church. You click it, it pops uh, upper room church here. In then lastly, just want to encourage you, okay? I know we've gone on a bit. Lastly, I want to encourage you uh, just to develop the attitude of gratitude. You see, attitude of gratitude, that is a huge faith releaser. It's a huge faith encourager. It's a huge faith uh, 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 igniter. It activates faith like nothing else. Thanksgiving activates faith like nothing else will. Okay? Let's stand. Wow. Well, thank you all for letting me uh, ramble on a bit. I appreciate it. Okay. Where's Anna? So you could come on up. Just want to wait on the Lord just for a few minutes just to allow what we've experienced today to settle. In Scotland, they have a really good word. It says Settle. And that means settle yourself down, <laughs> which means calm yourself down. And I just feel like the God's presence is so strong here that he just wants to settle a little bit upon us. So whatever way you're used to receiving the Holy Spirit, just close your eyes just for a minute. If your hands are raised high, do that. Or if they're out in front of you on your chest or however, in a place, and we're just going to allow the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we thank you. Help us, Holy Spirit, to allow you to be the dancing hand in our lives. And Holy Spirit, you're the one who speaks to us. And your word says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Today, Jesus, when you say to us and you whisper, 
we know that you are the one who leads us in the paths of righteousness. And Jesus, that you would help us to respond, Lord, in those paths. And when you say, go this way, walk you therein, that we would say, yes, Jesus, because your way is righteous, your way is good. And so, Lord, lead us in your paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Direct and order our steps. Oh, and how we need you. Jesus, we need you. Jesus, we need you. Holy Spirit, come. Jesus, we need you. Yeah, just tell him how much you need him. Let your heart go out to Jesus today. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, come. Settle on us, Lord. Settle on us, Lord. faith is in your heart and in your mouth. If you believe that Jesus Christ is crucified and buried and that he rose again in your heart. If you confess Jesus Christ as Lord that you'll follow him all your days. He promises to lead you. Oh, we need you. Yes, oh, we need you. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Jesus today, you need him to touch you. You may be a believer for a while, but you just come down front, just shift your locations, just come down and say, Jesus, I need you today. I need you in my life. I need you to direct and order. I need you to save me. I need you to lift off things from me. Lord Jesus, I'm just responding to your call to come. Father, we thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you for the gifts found 
in our midst. We thank you for worship team. We thank you for intercessors. Thank you for their engine, Lord. Thank you that the intercessors are really the engine. And we thank you for them, God. Bless them for their intercession for us. And so, Father, we bless your name today. We lift up holy hands. We just say without wrath, without doubting, we just say we bless your name today. We say all honor and glory, praise and power, all dominion belong to you in the name of Jesus. Check your body if, uh, if you had pain in it if, and let us know if you don't have pain now. God bless you, God. Uh, see you next week.